0: You're listening to the D&B Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Radio Show. We are so happy to have you back again today. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and boy, am I the luckiest radio host out there. I get to do a second interview today all about the Braun Brothers Reunion, the music festival up in Chalice, Idaho, coming up on August 9th, August 10th, and August 11th, just a few days away. And today, I get to speak with Willie Braun, the singer, the lead singer, the front man for Reckless Kelly, and the songwriter. And we get to talk a ton about the process of writing songs, of where inspiration comes from, of what they write about, how it all works. And I get an education in this episode because what I did before the interview is I went through my favorite Reckless Kelly songs that I wanted to know how Willie had wrote. And the first one is called Idaho, which I absolutely love. And you will, too. If you're from Idaho, if you're from this region in eastern Oregon and, and you live around our beautiful mountains and our beautiful valleys, you will totally get this song. And I got to hear all about how this came about. And, you know, it's, it's pretty much close to how I pictured how he would have written this. But the next three songs I asked him about were all written by another great Idaho songwriter that he is very close with, uh, Mr. Pinto Bennett. And I got quite an education about that. And I think you're going to really enjoy hearing all about this songwriting this music heritage that comes out of our region here in eastern Oregon and southwest Idaho and southern Idaho. You're, you're really going to enjoy getting to know this and learn even more about the family history of this great Idaho musical family, the Bronze, as well as the Braun Brothers reunion and how long it's been going on for and everything that you can expect and enjoy up there in just a few days. So we'll have that interview coming up to you here in just a moment. Willie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Yeah, man, you bet. Good to, good to be here.
0: Well, uh, I just got done speaking with your brother Cody, and that was a thrill, and I understand you guys are getting ready to go on a big, long tour that winds you up here in Idaho.
1: Yeah, man, we leave tomorrow, and uh, we'll start off in Arizona and work our way up through California and Washington, Oregon, and then we'll be uh, up in Idaho for a while, and then work our way back down
0: to Texas. Well, I wanted to ask you, and, and you know, you're coming up here for the Braun Brothers reunion, and that's taking place on the August 9th, 10th, and 11th up in Chalice, and I wanted to ask you about growing up, up here in the in the mountains of Idaho. You guys grew up pretty, you know, limited on creature comforts from everything I've read. What was that like for you?
1: Man, it was interesting. You know, to us, it was just kind of normal, because we didn't know any better, but uh, you know, we grew up out in the woods with you know, no, uh, electricity and didn't have running water in the winter time. And you know, we were about six miles off the highway and about an hour from any town really in any direction. So it was kind of like growing up in the wild west, but, uh, you know, we had, there was four of us. So we had plenty of, plenty of people to hang out with and, and play with and all that. And, uh, of course we were musicians. So we spent a lot of time playing music and, uh, built about a thousand forts and, you know, it was just, it was a really cool way to grow up. You know, like I can't really imagine growing up any other way and, you know, these days, it seems like kids don't get to go outside and do much anyway. And, uh, you know, back when we were kids, it was like we spent all of our time outdoors, either skiing in the winter or building forts in the summer, riding bikes or camping out, fishing, you know, stuff like that. So it was just a great way to grow up, you know. Idaho was a pretty cool spot for, for kids.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, you grew up, is it between Stanley and Chalice up in a canyon? Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not far from Clayton, Okay. you know where that is.
0: Well, yeah, I've been through there. And, and so you got to participate in all the other Idaho stuff in addition to your music, the fishing, the, the hunting. Do you ever work on any ranches or do anything like that up there?
1: I didn't personally. My little brothers, Gary and Mickey, did. Uh, they worked at a, a dude ranch in Stanley for a few years. It took uh, people out on horseback rides. And uh, Gary did some a couple of years of pack trips with the same organization. So he'd take people up on hunting trips and do, uh, you know, horse packs and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. they they got a lot of that stuff but i wasn't uh ever really much into horses so i kind of stayed away from all that
0: well willie what is your role in reckless kelly so what instruments do you play what do you do what are your responsibilities
1: well i'm the uh singer and i play rhythm guitar i write all the songs and uh just kind of front the band you know i'm just basically the the band leader if you will
0: (laughs) okay how is it that uh, it gets decided like in terms of who writes the songs is it just who who's got the words coming out of them or how does that how does that go
1: well i don't know i i do pretty much 99 percent of the writing in in the band so uh basically it's just me cody and dave write every once in a blue moon it's been quite a while since we've written together but i'll branch out and do a little co-writing with some of my friends and uh i'll write a little bit with my brother mickey and sometimes gary as well but uh yeah, it's basically just me doing all the writing, so I kind of take that whole responsibility on myself.
0: No, that's incredible. I, you know, I'm in awe of musicians, but I'm in awe of musicians who write their own lyrics too. I think it's pretty incredible to be able to put stories together like that to music. So hats off to you. I think it's incredible what you do.
1: Oh, thanks, man. It's. Uh, I don't know. It's to me. It's it's just kind of. I've been doing it for a long time, so it's seems kind of like old hat to, to me. But um, you know, I guess I can I can understand how people might find it a little daunting you know when you first get started it's uh it's definitely there's a learning curve there you know people always ask me like how many songs you got to write before you get a good one you know i'm like oh geez i don't know but took me a long time (laughs) you know you just got to keep plugging until you figure it out i guess
0: well you know speaking of taking a long time how old were you when you started playing
1: man i started singing when i was just you know basically old enough to open my mouth and uh my dad is a musician as you know and um and there was always so much music around us that it just was really natural to start singing as soon as we, you know, basically as soon as we could talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first instrument was drums. I started playing drums when I was six. And then uh, I think I, I started playing guitar around uh, 12 or 14, I think, something like that.
0: And now who are some of the, uh, the country music icons that you've been able to meet or play with, you know, along the way?
1: Um, oh, man, we've met a ton of our, our heroes, you know, the guys up in Idaho, we grew up around like Penno Bennett and, uh, you know, dad and our uncles and all those guys kind of taught us and showed us the ropes. And then once we moved out and came down to Austin, you know, we've got to record with uh, guys like Steve Earle and Joe Ely, And, you know, we've done a lot of stuff with Robert Earl Keen, and we got to play with, uh, Billy Joe Shaver and ZZ Top and, you know, a lot of people have become pretty good friends of ours down here in the, in the scene that, that we look up to and you know it's still a really cool community down here where you wind up uh, you know hanging out with people that you've been listening to for years you know and that's, it's pretty cool to be able to experience that
0: well I'll tell you what I've got to take a quick commercial break uh, but when we come back I want to ask you uh, about some of those highlights along the way and then we're going to get into some songwriting if that sounds okay
1: sounds good
2: when it comes to legendary performance only a few chainsaws make the cut like the Husqvarna lineup, available at D&B. Years of razor-sharp research led to many of Husqvarna's breakthrough technologies, including anti-vibration dampeners to reduce the impact on your arms and hands, plus a combined choke and stop control that makes the chainsaw easier to start. When you have your work cut out for you, get her done with a Husqvarna. Pick one up at your favorite D&B supply.
3: You wear jeans, but you live in Levi's. At D&B Supply, we've got a pair to fit you just right. Iconic and hardworking, Levi's are legendary. Worn by cowboys, rock stars, and everyday people, we carry different washes, styles, and sizes for both men and women. These jeans are ready for anything your day brings, from working outside to a night on the town. The denim legacy lives on every time you put them on. So pick up some Levi's at D&B. All right, so we're on with Willie Braun, and we're talking about the Braun Brothers
0: Reunion, 2018, coming up August 9th, 10th, and 11th in Chalice, Idaho. Willie, I got a question for you. So I read, and then in talking with Cody, he also brought this up, that you guys played The Tonight Show. How was that? Did you understand the scope of the uh, the show you were on and when you did that?
1: You know what? I didn't at the time. The first time we did it anyway, you know, we, uh, we did it twice. And the first time we did it was with uh, Jay Leno and he was co-hosting or kind of subbing for Johnny. And, uh, you know, we didn't have TV when we were kids, so we didn't really know what that was all about. <laughs> Plus we were like, I think I was 11 years old, so we wouldn't have really been up at that time of night watching the tonight show anyway. But, uh, you know, so the first time we didn't really think it was any big deal. It was just kind of another gig. and Um, we'd been on tv you know local tv and stuff like that so that wasn't really a big deal to us but once we did it once and we came back uh and everybody kind of told us what a big deal it was and you know it made us feel like it was something special and uh something really cool then the next time we went back i remember being pretty nervous and, and thinking it was like you know like a really big thing uh-huh. and uh I definitely made sure <laughs> that I got to sit in the chair next to Johnny.
0: Okay, <laughs>
1: because everybody was like, uh, they made a big deal about that. They're like, who got to sit in the chair." And so the next time we went back, they were like, "Who wants to sit in the chair?" And I was like, "Me, me, me."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got asked some questions by Johnny after the fact.
1: Um, yeah, we got to we sang a song and then we got to go out and sit and talk to Johnny and then we went and, and sang another one. So you know, back in the day, I don't think it's a little different than it is now. You know, people that are getting on shows like that are. Uh-huh. You know, movie stars and, you know, people that are that are already famous, you know, and back in the day, they'd have like guys like us that nobody had ever heard of, or, you know, there was some dudes like the, had whittled the world's largest wooden chain on the night before, <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So it was more of a, a variety show back then, I think, you know, than than the format that they have now. So, you know, for us to go and, and sing a couple songs and then do an interview, which took probably 20 minutes altogether was, I don't know if it was that uncommon, you know? Yeah.
0: So in terms of uh Johnny Carson versus Jay Leno, both cordial gentlemen to you?
1: Yeah, you know, Johnny we never got to see him off stage. Like we we played the song, did the interview and that was all we we saw him. He showed up, did the show and peeled out. But Jay, he was a lot more affable. Like he, you know, Johnny was really nice obviously, but uh Jay showed up little early he came into the dressing room yeah they actually had us come down to, to watch the show the night before so we kind of had an idea of what was it was all about mm-hmm. and uh and he he was really cool like he was, kept calling us the little muzzy heads and they're kind of you know not making fun of us but just kind of teasing us and being you know just the funny jay leno that you see on tv he's really a lot like that in person and he was really nice and we, you know said we did a great job after the show and you know, that kind of deal. And we were pretty impressed with the first day we showed up. He had a Lamborghini parked out in this parking spot. And next day he showed up on some old vintage motorcycle. And you know, we were just like <laughs> all taking pictures of Lamborghini and stuff. So we were, we were pretty impressed with the whole thing.
0: Yeah, no question. He's a car guy.
1: Oh, yeah, man.
0: Well, let's talk about all these great people that you get to bring back to Idaho and and introduce to all of us, but also to introduce them to the beautiful mountains of Idaho and and all of that. What does it mean to you to be able to come back to Idaho and and you know show all of these folks our great state?
1: Man, it's really cool. You know, we've got a lot of friends in the, uh, the music scene that come out and and they love it. You know, there's. It's fun to show them, you know, where we grew up and, you know, because a lot of people have never even really heard Idaho. And when they picture it, they don't picture what it is. You know, they kind of think it looks like Nebraska or something. So when they come out and they see the mountains and, you know, the weather and the climate and how cool the people are and all that, they're just kind of blown away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they all want to come back. Like pretty much everybody that's played the reunion wants to come every year. And we'd love to have them all, but we kind of have to spread them a little bit out you know, over the years. And there's a few people that do come back every year, but, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to show them our,
0: our home state. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take another break. When we come back, I I've got to get into songwriting with you. I've, I want to pick your brains about some of my favorite reckless Kelly songs. All
2: right, man. Things are heating up around here at DNB. You'll see why, when you check out our wide selection of high performance stoves from Harmon quadrifier and heat a eco choice, these classic pellet and wood burning stoves light up your hearth and home. They give you even heat and easy maintenance with craftsmanship that stands the test of time and really stands out. So swing on by DB Supply and see how Harman, Quadrifier, and Heatilator EcoChoice stoves can warm up your home.
3: Carhartt makes gear to get you through anything, so DB Supply offers a wide selection to outfit any day, any task, and any weather. Built to stand the test of time and have your back no matter what comes your way. Carhartt clothing keeps you comfortable all day long. And for extra hard jobs, check out Carhartt Force, the line that wicks sweat, fights odors, releases stains, and works as hard as you do to outlast them all. Get decked out in Carhartt at D&B.
0: All right. Well, we are back with Willie Braun of Reckless Kelly, and we're talking all about the Braun Brothers reunion coming up on Thursday, August 9th, Friday, August 10th, and Saturday, August 11th in Chalice, Idaho. So, Willie, I've got to ask you about songwriting, and this is something that I really, really appreciate in artists, especially country music artists. And and you do so much of it. And I, I guess let's start off talking about uh, growing up in Idaho. How has that influenced the songs that you have written?
1: Uh, well, you know the um, the songwriters up there. You know my dad in particular, and then Pinno Bennett. Those two guys that are you know really influenced my stuff from an early age. My dad kind of helped me learn how to write songs and i was trying to figure it out on my own if i had any questions i could ask him and then you know we looked up to pino as a songwriter and uh you know growing up in that kind of environment it gives you a little bit of a different perspective i guess but um i really think the biggest influence on me was probably just the, the music that we listened to growing up you know like dad had a lot of texas artists like guy clark and rodney crowl and mm-hmm. even uh, steve Earle and robert keen and stuff like that so um yeah, like the dad's record collection was a, a, a big influence on you know my songwriting and you know even the way the band sounds today. You know all that Texas stuff is what brought us down here, so that's probably what got me going in, in the first place.
0: Now, do you have a favorite song that you've written or played on over the years? Is there something that stands out that uh, kind of is at the top of the list for you?
1: Yeah, you know it's funny. Like uh, some of the ones that I think that I, I like the best of mine are are ones that haven't gotten a lot of attention. You know, I think my my favorite one still to this day is one called desolation angels. And, uh, I really, I worked, it was one of the first songs I ever really worked really hard on over a long period of time. And, you know, it was actually started off as three different songs and they were all kind of similar. So I put them together and I just kept chipping away at it and rewriting it and working on it. So I think it turned out pretty good, but I think, you know, it's, it's always just been the the first one that kind of, I turned a page where I started, getting a little more into it and, and, and working a little harder on it. So that one always kind of sticks out.
0: Was there any particular inspiration behind it or, or something that you were writing about?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a Jack Kerouac book called Desolation Angels. And uh, there's a poem in it. And that's where one of the songs is coming from, you know, the, the original three different tunes. And uh, it was just a poem about a train that goes down the, the west coast of California called The Midnight Ghost. Mm-hmm. and I stole a couple lines from that poem, and, uh, you know, changed them up a little bit, and just kind of got the vibe, and that's where most of the course comes from, and then the opening, or I guess the, the ending line of the, of the opening line that kind of goes with all the verses is the keep the rubber on the road, and the blood inside, and that was actually a note that this guy left us, and we were down in Key West years and years ago, probably 20 years ago, and there was this dude, I can't remember his name, but we met him at a bar and he didn't have a place to stay. So we let him stay at our, uh, our band condo. And he ended up hanging out with us for three or four days. And he's just a, a pretty cool cat. And he was just riding his motorcycle around the country. And, um, we woke up the last day we were there and he had peeled out, but he left us a note saying thanks. And the way he signed it was keep the river on the road and the blood inside. And I just thought that was a cool line. So, you know, I put those two things together and then pieces of another song that I can't even really remember what the direction was of that third one. But it was uh, those three things that just kind of mixed up together to to form the whole song.
0: Very cool. You know, I've been lucky enough uh, between this show and then another show that I do to interview a few different country music songwriters over the last few months or so. And Jack Kerouac has come up a couple times. Is, Is it just something for people that are touring and on the road, everybody's reading Jack Kerouac?
1: Yeah, you know, I think so. I mean, he's he's definitely got a lot of that, you know, rambling kind of thing to his his writing. And I haven't read any Kerouac in a long time. Like, I got into him for a while, you know, back when I was younger, and uh, I read The Road and Desolation Angels and Dharma Bums and a few other things. And it's funny because I've tried to pick up some Kerouac lately, and I don't even know if I could get through it anymore because it's it's so rambling and uh-huh. you know, like just. These- Sometimes you're just like, geez, man. How about a, uh, how about a period every once in a while? You want a comma, <laughs> you know? It's, like, yeah, it's, a, it's one of those deals where you get like four pages in and you're like, what the hell did I just read? <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously great stuff, but I think uh, I think I've got my fill of the Kerouac
3: craze.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's take another break. When we come back, I got a couple questions
3: for you about my favorite Reckless Kelly songs. Sounds good. At D&B Supply, we believe happiness comes from the inside out, especially when it comes to our pets. So give them Hill Science Diet for many happy wags and purrs. Using only high-quality ingredients, Hill's Science Diet is expertly crafted for lifelong health. With formulas for every age, size, and special nutritional requirements from joint care, oral health, and weight management, it's the number one choice of vets to feed their pets. Keep your pet happy-go-lucky and pick up Hill Science Diet at D&B. We love
2: George Strait for more than his music. After 56 number one singles, George is still a family man and a real cowboy. That's why we love him, and that's why he wears nothing but Wrangler. The George Strait Cowboy Cut Collection by Wrangler has a huge selection of styles a cowboy can be comfortable wearing anywhere. So head to your favorite D&B Supply and try the George Strait Cowboy Cut Collection by Wrangler. Long live cowboys.
0: All right, Willie. So I've got to ask you, and I've got this list here of my my favorite Reckless Kelly songs, but the, the one I'm starting with is Idaho, simply titled Idaho. Did you write that?
1: Yeah, I did. I wrote that for the Long Night Moon album.
0: Yes. I love that song. And, you know, we live in such a great state. And, uh, and as you know, you live in Texas now and the people of Texas, they walk around, I mean, they've got their garage doors painted as the Texas flag. There's so much pride in their state down there. And I love anything in Idaho where we find that same pride. And I found that through your song, Idaho. Tell us the story about writing that.
1: Well, I've got a place up there near, uh, Mackey. It's like kind of right in front of Mount Bora. And, um, it's a yurt. So, uh, I had pretty much just kind of gotten it almost finished when I was starting to work on long night moon. And, uh, so I did the bulk of the writing up there. A lot of it was in the winter and, um, I was just out there sitting, you know, in the yurt by the fire writing songs. And, uh, you know, that one came out pretty easily. I actually started writing that one in Texas was out here, uh, near the lake at a friend's lake house. And, um, it was cold and I was just thinking like, man, this cold is just kind of useless without the snow. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's where the, the first verse came from. And I kind of got about a half a verse going on it and I, I didn't really do much with it until I got back to Idaho. And then as soon as I got home, it all came together, you know, I was looking out the window and it pretty much wrote itself after that. Cause you know, it's a, it's about going home and, and getting back to Idaho and, you know, people that, that know what I'm talking about. They get a connection to that song because, you know, if you don't know it about it, if you don't know Idaho, you don't really get it, you know, until you right. get up there and see it. Right. And I think people that grew up there and have a real emotional attachment to the, to the state will really kind of identify with the song more so than anybody else who hasn't been there.
0: Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I, and I kind of like that song for that reason, because it's almost like it's, uh, you know, it's almost like it's for the insiders. It's for those of us who understand.
1: Yeah, man. It's cool. It's kind of like the way we look at, you know, Texas songs. If you're living in Idaho, you're like, man, that sure are proud of Texas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. In the
1: same way, we, we may not have Idaho-shaped potato chips, but uh, we've got a different kind of state pride, but it's, it's really similar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that line, you know, the cold is useless without the snow. I love that because I, I love weather. I love interesting weather. And uh, if it's going to be cold, let's uh, let's make it interesting, right?
1: yeah, let's go skiing or have a snowball fight. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Listen, just be for no good reason.
0: Now, do you find yourself sitting down in Austin sometimes and in, in missing the mountains and missing these, uh the jagged peaks of, of Mount Bora and the Lost River Range and all of that? Oh,
1: every day. <laughs> yeah, I love living down here in Austin. It's a great city and, uh you know, it's a little too hot for me most of the time. <laughs> but it's a great town and there's some good music here and, you know, cool people and great food and all that. But, uh I grew up to Idaho as much as I possibly can. And um, every time I leave, I'm just like, oh, man, I just I hate leaving Idaho. You know, So it's it's a place that I, I'm constantly going back to.
0: All right. So my ne- my next song I want to ask you about is another Idaho song, and that's uh, the song Idaho Cowboy. And I really like that because obviously you're in Texas and there are a ton of cowboys and legit cowboys in Texas. But, you know, we've got our own brand of cowboy up here in Idaho. Where did this song come from?
1: Well, that's a Pino Bennett song, and um, it's on our Somewhere in Time album, uh-huh. uh, which is all Pino Bennett songs. And uh, he wrote it with Baxter Black, who's a cowboy poet we've probably heard of, from uh, Colorado. And the original title was Colorado Cowboy, when he wrote it with Baxter. And then uh, Pino put it on a record and changed it to Idaho Cowboy. And I think it sings a lot better as Idaho Cowboy anyway, but... Um, yeah, I'm not sure where their inspiration came from, but they were probably just sitting around with a bottle of tequila and a couple
0: of guitars one night. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that's a great, that's an awesome piece of history for that song. I had, uh, Baxter Black is one of my heroes, and uh, I had him on a different show that I do when I first started it. He was gracious enough to come on and talk agriculture with me, and I found out that he had actually worked for Simplot uh, up here in Grandview and uh, the Bruno area here in Idaho is a veterinarian before he went off to his cowboy poetry career, so that's really interesting. That's very cool to know that he was part of that song.
1: Yeah, you know, we, we knew him from the Cowboy Poetry Gathering over in Elko, and uh, we knew him when we were kids. He was a good friend of Dad's, and uh, he was one of those guys who was one of the first people that uh, started their own, like, mom-and-pop, you know, store, like, before Etsy and all that. Like, they were printing their own books and tapes uh-huh. and, uh, you know, selling them, like, stuffing envelopes themselves and sending out newsletters and putting ads in, you know, Western Horsemen and stuff like that. And uh, and he built this really great little empire of, you know, just yes. something that nobody had ever done, you know, selling yeah. cowboy poetry. Yeah. And, you know, he's the elf. There's nobody that comes close to him as far as I'm concerned in that, that genre.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So,
1: getting to hang out with him when we were kids is pretty
0: cool. <laughs> awesome.
3: All right, well, one more break, and when we come back, I've got two more songs to ask you about, okay? Cool. Are you ready for a steel? Then stop by D and B to pick up steel power tools. German engineered, these power players offer quality that never quits. Like the steel MS two seventy one Farm Boss Chainsaw. Available for just $429.95 with a 20-inch bar and chain. Show your project list who's boss and leave it in your sawdust. With legendary chainsaws, dependable trimmers, forceful blowers, and epic tools of the trade, steel powers through anything. Grab a steel at your favorite D&B supply. You work hard,
2: you play hard, and you wear Burn Durable clothing that fits the bill no matter what you're up to. Available at your favorite D&B. Since 1915, Burn has supplied busy Americans with workwear made right. Made affordable and made to get to work. Whether you're earning a living or just living large, Burn clothing is rugged, comfortable, and perfect for the whole family. Pick up Burn gear at d Supply and be ready for wherever life takes you.
0: All right, everybody. Well, we are back with Willie Braun and, of course, uh, of Reckless Kelly. And we're talking all about the Braun Brothers reunion coming up on August 9th, 10th, and 11th. In chalice Idaho, which DNB is proud to be a sponsor of, and we're talking all about songs and songwriting right now. Okay, Willie. So uh, another song for you. Who wrote "Bird on a Wire"?
1: That's another Pino song. Okay. Yeah, Pino's. Uh, yeah, you, you need to get some pinno records, man.
0: I'm going to. <laughs> I'm getting educated yeah, here today.
1: That one. uh That one's. I think you probably wrote like in the late '80s or early '90s. uh Back when like computers were just kind of starting out, and you know, it's obviously about a guy who. Pulls the wool over the eyes of some unsuspecting country folks, and then, and then he gets the wool pulled over his eyes when he goes to the big corporate world. And uh, man, I just always love the the melody is just so cool. And, mm-hmm. um, and when we recorded it, we had uh, a couple guys that played in Pino's band, the famous Motel Cowboys. They came down to Austin to Pino, and the engineer was Pino's old engineer on the record, and uh, he also plays guitar. So we had our guitar player Dave. And Robbie Matson and Sergio Webb were Pino's two old guitar players, and the three of them just went in and just kind of went round and round, and all those solos at the end were the three of them just bouncing back and forth off each other. and uh, That was a really fun recording, you know like they, they nailed it on the first take, and then we made them do it like five more times just so we could sit there and listen to them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. I got another one I want to ask you about, and here I am uh, I'm, I'm risking uh, doing this again, but what about Pure Quill?
1: Yeah. Pino Bennett.
0: <laughs> oh wow! No kidding. You know it's
1: yeah, I. You really got to get get uh, some Pino.
0: Okay, I'm on top of it. I'm on top of it. Tell me about this song and and why did you want to record this one?
1: Man, that one's one of. He's got a record called Pure Quill, and uh, I always knew it's kind of it. It's it kind of spells itself out. But I asked him about the term. You know, I was like, "What does pure quill mean?" And he just said, "Oh man, that's just some cowboy and Indian. Well, I'll say stuff." But he said something else. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, I guess pure quill is kind of an Indian term that just means it's like true grit or, uh, you know, the real deal. Yeah, it's just a fun song to play. It's a good rocker, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those stick-to-your-guns type of things.
0: Awesome. I'm going to start using that phrase. That's really cool to know. And I am going to take advice from you, and I'm going to make sure that I research my uh, my Pinto Bennett.
1: Yeah, man. The first one I would get is one called Ravages of Time. And all of his stuff is great, you know, like you can really jump in anywhere. But he's got so many great songs. Like we could have done a double album of Pino stuff. Like he's a great writer and had such a great band. So anybody out there listening is looking for some good music, man. Pino Bennett and the famous Motel Cowboys.
0: Okay. Let me ask you about your songwriting process. Uh, So you told us a little bit when you told us how you wrote Idaho do you wait for like inspiration to come to you or do you have times, days and times where you say, I'm sitting down today and I'm writing songs and that's that.
1: That's a little of both. You know, I usually, uh, I'll think of stuff all the time, you know, just hearing conversation, somebody will say something and I'll write it down and, or I'll, I take a lot of inspiration when I'm reading, you know, somebody will be a good line in a book or uh, even just an idea or a melody will come to me or something like that. And I'll grab a guitar and throw it down on my, uh, voice recorder and uh, and basically what I normally do is just save all that stuff up until I can go sit down somewhere. And so when I have time, then I sit down, usually when I'm up in Idaho. Or every once in a blue moon, I'll have a, a day off here in Austin and nobody's around, and I'll just sit down and uh, pull out some of those ideas mm-hmm. and see if I can make something out of them. So I kind of just stockpile stuff until I have some quiet time and then and then try to put it all together.
0: And when you are designing or writing a song, do you write – just about what interests you or do you do you look at the other aspect of it and go well what's going to interest my fans
1: man uh i really pretty much write i guess for myself you know like i write about what interests me and uh we've never really tried to chase down whatever the latest trend is as far as you know two years ago everybody's writing songs about the beach and sailboats and then it moved on to pickup trucks and type jeans and mm-hmm. for a while everybody had to throw a, a food reference in their songs always <laughs> about chicken wings or barbecue stains or you know so <laughs> that stuff's always coming and going. So I never try to chase the trends because, you know, it's first of all it doesn't really feel right. And then, you know, by the time you get it out there it's gonna be on to the next thing anyway. So right. we just kinda try to do what uh, what we do and, and hopefully people will gravitate towards that because We've never wanted to chase any sort of specific sound. We just wanted to kind of evolve naturally. And, uh, and I take the same approach to songwriting. You know, they always say, you know, write what you know. And so it's always, it's always songs about things that I'm interested in.
0: Well, right now, when you go out on tour, you know, you're going to do this tour starting in Arizona and through California. Is there one song that you guys have above all others right now that uh, really puts the energy in the crowd?
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, we got a song on the new album called Radio. Like I got to say the new album. It's almost three years old at this point, but um, it's real, real high energy. And we've been, sometimes we open the show with it or it's, you know, it depends on where we're at, but uh, it's a good solid rocker. And it's a good way to get the crowd pumped up. So that one's a good one. And then we've got a couple of covers that we've been doing lately that are really fun for us. That's kind of where we get to get our kicks a little bit is uh, playing some stuff that we don't play every single night you We'll know, uh-huh. put a cover for a tour or two and then sometimes we'll end up playing it for a while or just do it for 10 or 20 shows and then we'll retire it but um doing a couple uh because there's a john hyatt song we've been doing for a little while that's pretty fun called uh, everybody went low and then we're doing this song by marah that we just worked up recently called round eye blues that's a song about the vietnam war and uh so we're, um, yeah, we're doing that one. We've kind of been opening the show with that one a little bit lately. And, you know, we might be working up a couple of new things before we make our way up to Idaho. We've got our buddy uh, Bucca Allen's coming out on keyboards for this tour, playing B3 and piano. So um, it's that enabled us to branch out a little bit and, and play some, some stuff that we wouldn't normally do. So uh, between here and, and Idaho, we might come up with a couple of pretty cool, unique new ideas for the, the reunion show
0: very cool well it's all going to be on display of course at the Braun brothers reunion up in chalice and uh just cannot wait it's going to be awesome willie thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all this great information and hey thanks for the uh education on pinto bennett i'm going to uh i'm going to fix that about myself immediately
1: yeah man do it it'll be uh it'll be educational for you he's he's fantastic
0: Thank you all for joining us today and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle however you define it For the DNB show I'm Matt Breckwald.